Hey friends, this is Harmon. Welcome to Comedy History 101. We school you in comedy. You've tuned in to part two of our episode on comedy that crosses the line. Yes, it's a Comedy History 101 select that originally aired in 2017. This is part two. In part one, we covered such edgy comedians as... Lenny Bruce, whose comedy that crossed the line was actually revolutionary, to Kathy Griffin, who held up a severed head of Donald Trump and got a lot of backlash. Um, kind of wasn't funny. So we're going to dive into part two. But before we do, I have a few dates to plug. This Thursday, January 31st at 7 p.m., I have my monthly storytelling show, Tale, at the Red Room above the KGB bar. And on February 4th, Monday, February 4th, 7 p.m., I'm launching a new show at Club Cumming. It's the club in Lori's side that's owned by actor Alan Cumming. And we're having a variety show called Venues Variety. So check those out. You can find them on my website, harmonleon.com. And without further ado, we're going to launch into part two of Comedy That Crosses the Line. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101. Okay, so uh, here, here's something interesting. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's like we see this through 2017 eyes, but like, uh, uh, are you familiar with like Dick Gregory? Uh, who started, He's an activist now, but started as a stand-up comedian. Yes, yes. Back in the 60s, huh? Yeah, yeah, just an amazing man, uh, uh, African-American comedian, and, like, in the 60s, I think he was, like, w- one of the first uh, African-American comedians to be, like, on the Jack Parr show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Was that the Tonight Show of the yeah, day? Yeah, that was, like, the pre And he the would do... Show, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would do jokes that would, uh, you know, make fun of the Jim Crow laws and, and the absurdities of segregation, which is, like, you're using comedy, you're crossing the line to use comedy as a tool for social change uh, and just kind of, and again, that's the power of like crossing the line when it's done for the benefit of good. I just moved into an all white neighborhood not too long ago in Chicago and I didn't have no problems when I moved in because the neighbors that lived on each side of me, they were like out of the country. They were over in London on vacation having a ball. Just singing America the beautiful, going home, going if they only knew what they was coming home to. <laughs> So we got about 11 inches of snow in Chicago, and I grabbed my shovel, went out, started cleaning the snow off my new front, and my neighbors pulled up. She jumped out the car and rushed up to me. She said, hey, boy. She said, you're really doing a wonderful job on these people's front. If you only knew. She said, yep, I've been living next door here for the last 50 years. And I've never seen this place looking this good in the wintertime. What do you get for doing that? I say, oh, I get to sleep with that woman inside. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're opening people. If, if you're laughing and making a point, you're making the point harder because when you actually get like people to laugh at the point you're trying to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, and so um, Dick Gregory, the other word that we're not saying, I think he can use it. Actually, that was, mm-hmm. the, that was the title of his autobiography. 
was just you know that word. Yeah, I think I read that. I think we read that in uh, high school, maybe. Really? Yeah. Man, where'd you go high school? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I read it in college. Okay. Read it in college. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. No, not yeah. high school. So, no way. Oh dear. Oh dear. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> would be like, uh, yeah. What's on your reading list, Junior? <laughs> <laughs> that would be crossing. The I, line. I went for the name Junior, but yeah, yeah that crossed the line with the school district <laughs> when they ban like Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, Catherine Arai. But did you know, did you know, like, a mere eight years after, like, Lenny Bruce was, like, first arrested uh, in the 60s that George Carlin in the 70s was arrested at the Milwaukee uh, Summerfest for doing his seven words you can't say on television bit? No, but I bet. I, like, no, arrested, arrested. No, I mean, like, I bet, <laughs> but I bet, I bet you could say the seven words right now. You know what I mean? It's just like we've decided there'd be some words we won't say all the time. And I was just trying to find out which words they were. For sure. All of them. I wanted a list. Because nobody gives you a list. That's the problem. They don't give you a list. Wouldn't you think it'd be normal if they didn't want you to say something to tell you what it is? Nobody even tells you when you're a kid what the words are that you're supposed to avoid. You have to say them to find out which ones they are. Shit! Oh, fuck! That's two. Oh, you know, he was arrested for disturbing the peace when, uh. he, when he performed that routine. Oh, here it is. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, <laughs> motherfucker, and tits. <laughs> and the whole point was, like, he was just pointing out how they're just, like, words. And it's yeah. just, like, how you give power to words which are just words, you right. know, and, or the, or you not give power, but uh, you know, you make them forbidden and taboo. Yeah. Of uh, you know. I mean, to and go, that was the essence of the bit that and, would get him arrested. Yeah, and here's the interesting thing: to go back to one of our earlier episodes about uh, stealing the history of stealing in comedy. Apparently, uh, Lenny Bruce used to do something along the same lines, almost the exact same words. He would use, but like Lenny Bruce ha said nine words and he got arrested for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so he I was guess, Le Lenny Bruce uh, added ass. Sorry, just to say, it. Lenny Bruce added ass and balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so wait, I'm just reading this that uh, the Supreme Court issued, uh, found that Carlin's performance was not obscene, uh, that it still could be banned from the airways because the government has. A compelling interest in protecting children from inappropriate material. But that was like 1973 or something that he was arrested. He was in 1973. He was arrested. Yeah. But maybe it was like an outdoor sort of event. Yeah. But Milwaukee, man. Yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I guess it goes back into okay. So that was 1973. But in in 1993, uh, there was that legendary appearance of uh, Bill Hicks getting his appearance on the late show with David Letterman pulled. What, mm. what, what do you know about that? Uh, that was it. That was interesting. Cause that was like, right. Kind of when I started getting into Bill Hicks and, um, I knew about this mm -hmm. and I'd never seen him live. I had friends who'd opened up for him. Um, and mm -hmm. I watched a lot of his shows, but this is interesting because I didn't realize I wound up watching some, uh, Bill Hicks in London bits and I didn't realize mm -hmm. the stuff that he got banned from Letterman is like the stuff that he was saying on stage in in London, you know, which is like fine. The UK people were fine with it, yeah. But and it's does it it doesn't really seem all that offensive now, when you look when you look at the Bill Hicks bits. 
Yeah, was it was it the case where uh, he was supposed to do another set and then he ended up doing this set? Or the case was they approved the material and then once it got filmed, they just had second thoughts about it. Yeah, I thought they'd filmed and they just decided to, to pull it. You know, I thought that he'd gone through. No, the... because, oh, yeah. well, I remember like, so there's San Francisco comedian Will Durst. Uh, he was on Letterman and he threw in a joke. I can't even remember what the joke was. Uh, in his Letterman set, and he never did Letterman again because they proved like all the material he was supposed to do, and then he threw in this line that wasn't approved. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder if it was a case like that where the, you know, because they they make sure like every word is down, like when when you're doing like a stand-up set. Yeah, no, I think because from what I recall reading about it uh, was that he was he thought the set went well and he didn't know why they would have pulled it. And I I, huh. I I don't remember anything being. I mean, this could be a whole another episode, you know. Yeah. So that's <laughs> where crossing the line is just like, yeah. I mean, that's just like pure censorship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think it was like a bunch of uh, like Jesus jokes. Yeah. Jesus mixed with uh, uh, a Kennedy assassination joke. Yeah. All in one joke. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's that's the stuff that um. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, so I, and all the stuff I'd seen, like in the London show, and I was like, oh, this looks okay, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, um, so that that's like plain censorship. What about like censorship? Say, uh, um, like Charlie Hebdo and and, and the and, and and their uh, you know, attacks that occurred because of their Muslim cartoons. What do I think about it? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, uh, should it be censorship or, or, uh, I mean, how how do you digest that? Yeah, I mean, the the that whole the whole. I know you have your own drama, Hobbit joke. Insert insert uh, music here, but yeah, I'm the I'm, you know, yeah, because it's it's a tough one because it's like there are people who are you know deliberately doing that to prov- to provoke. Mm. Other, yeah, then the, then you get in, but then you get into this this whole kind of your religion is crazier than mine, you know. Then, you know, what mm. is what is religious freedom, you know? Yeah, I just like so. There's a YouTube video where it just shows all the Charlie Hebdo uh, Muslim cartoons, and I, again, I think that goes into play of what we were just talking about of the edgy comedy, you know, right. where they're doing rape jokes and they're going to get a reaction right. where, okay, they're going to get a reaction. So is the cartoon funny or is it just kind of just, you're just pushing buttons. Oh, I read. And I, went, I mean, again, sorry, it's ahead. like, uh, you know, it's, it's, a you know, it's translated from French into English. So we don't really know the full translation, but I kind of thought the cartoons weren't, even just on a face failure, that funny. Yeah, I was going to say. It's that, like, uh, okay, was, very edgy. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, I thought, because I remember looking at those going, yeah, this is just kind of, you know, dumb. Yeah, so again, it's like, uh, well, you know, you, you want to support free speech. But then again, that, the offshoot of that happened, if you look in the States, where in Garland, Texas, they held a Draw Mohammed contest. But that, I mean, that wasn't a public a, a, a cartoon magazine putting on a publication. That was just out of like we just want to show we hate Muslims. Right. Yeah. That's a little and really. Like, so it's yeah. like, yeah. yeah that's that was... like you know there wasn't any humor involved. It was just like, no, this is all about pushing buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So um, it's crossing the line there. That we say crossing the line. Yeah. Was, and then right. uh, 
it happened, and then people turned up, and there was a shooting yeah, that, in Texas. There we go. <laughs> but then again, uh, and this segues into something, like when, when you cross the line as a part of, like, like when a tragedy happens as a part of, like, the healing process. So what I did like was uh, the, the issue that Charlie Hebdo put out, like, after the attacks, uh, they showed a guy on the cover, <laughs> and he's riddled with bullets, He's drinking champagne, and, and out of all the bullet holes is um, flowing champagne right. instead of, like, blood. And then the translation is, they have weapons, screw them, we have champagne. That's good. Okay, it's coming together. Yeah, so, um, and that goes with uh, that classic issue of The Onion, like, right after 9-11. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was, that was, that was a good one. It was just, uh, basically, it was just, holy shit, was on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that and it's just like life turns into a real life Jerry Bruckheimer yeah, yeah, movie. That was, that was, yeah, that was that was it. Yeah. And then they I think there was like uh they showed the terrorists and they went, uh whoops, they just all ended up in hell or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh... <laughs> so again, you could you can consider that crossing the line, but uh where does that fit? Uh, in with, with with as crossing line as 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 a benefit, a superhero of good. Yeah, kind of like I mean I think that one that it's it's like people have to start laughing again and maybe like especially mm-hmm. if something that horrible happens you gotta I mean you gotta make some kind of any joke about whatever just tragedy happened is gonna be kind of you're gonna be touching the line, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and going along with that, there's that classic uh, Hugh Hefner roast that was on, like, right after 9-11, mm-hmm. and it, the, the mood was just, like, grim. Yeah. And it wasn't because, like, Rob Schneider was on stage just <laughs> bombing, which I heard. Oh, um, <laughs> um, and then Gilbert Godfrey, like, just kind of, like, cracked it open with, with his – this is, like, right after 9-11. He said, I, ha- I have to leave early tonight. I have a flight to California. I can't get a direct flight. They said I have to stop at the Empire State Building first. That's edgy. <laughs> edgy. Tonight I'm going to be using my Muslim name, Hajin Bin Laid. But then, like, just, again, he is, like, the tension was so thick, like, before that. And it was, like, he just, like, kind of cut it open, but still members of the audience were, like, and, and and it's now cliche now, but someone just uh, yelled out too soon. Yeah, oh no, no, too too soon's always good. You, that's kind of like those whole roast things are kind of weird, you know. I mean, I, I guess here you could touch. It's on like it. be as mean as possible. Yeah, yeah. and but then like then, well, I yeah. think I think recording them kind of like uh, <clears throat> dilutes it a little bit too, because it's like then you don't you don't want that stuff recorded, you know. It's like the whole um, remember the Ted Dance and Whoopi Goldberg thing. Yeah, the Friars Club. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think that was, like, recorded, but I, they snapped photos. Yeah, yeah, that was before the internet. And that was pre-social media. Yeah, so exactly. That's like, and that still went, like, viral yeah. in the way you do before there's social media. Yeah. So was he crossing the line there? Did, did Ted from Cheers? Um, again, you don't know unless you're there, the context of that. But uh, And on Facebook, I mean, he was dating Whoopi yeah, Goldberg at the time. Yeah, at the time, so... Yeah, I mean, that's true. It's like you don't know unless you're there. But on the same note of one of those roasts was um, 
There's that dude from Jackass that that like died in a car accident. Right, right. Uh, and Amy Schumer was on stage, and uh, Steve-O from Jackass was in the audience, and she just did some joke where I think I'm just paraphrasing. Yeah. So uh, the point being is, is like she was just saying that it should have been Steve-O who died in the car yeah. accident. <laughs> I'm par- I'm par- but I truly am, no joke, sorry for the loss of your friend Ryan Dunn. I know you must have been thinking it could have been me, and I know we were all thinking, why wasn't it? <laughs> I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing the right. joke, but that was the essence of the joke. And it, you know, on on one level, that's that guy's friend. You know, yeah. it's right. like, yeah, sure, you're celebrities, but it's still like your friend. It doesn't matter if he's famous or not. And your friend just like died horrifically. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but then it's getting that all those roaster about like, oh, edgy. I'm crossing the line. Yeah. Well, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, I believe we talked about Ms. Schumer in our stealing comedy episode, didn't we? History of stealing comedy. <laughs> we did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you got to tie. But, uh, you got to tie back. Yeah, and then and another like just go like uh, back to Gilbert for a moment was that big controversy when uh, it was a tsunami in Japan and he was uh, Gilbert was the Affleck duck right, voice yeah. at the time. Affleck. And he, and again it's like uh, the being okay yeah uh, you know being edgy on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Where you know we've read the public, the the John Ronson book of how yeah, just yeah. people's lives have been destroyed by stuff they posted on Twitter. And yeah. I'm not talking about Donald Trump, right? Yeah. <laughs> but these are okay. So these are actually funny jokes. Like uh, I think it was like what 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 do Japanese Jews eat? A Hebrew national tsunami. <laughs> Well, okay. It's just a silly joke, like a Hebrew national salami. Oh, um, Hebrew. <laughs> all right, yeah, okay. But um, like Gilbert was on uh, uh, the WTF thing, and then uh, when when like the press picked up on you know that he was got fired from Affleck Duck and was making tsunami jokes, they would they would like all the stories would say uh, the statements that Gilbert Godfrey made on Twitter. They would preface it like that. They wouldn't uh-huh. say the jokes he right. made on Twitter. They would go like he's just making these horrific statements. Yeah. No. I mean that's <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's the thing about like because you know people don't realize like I didn't realize people but like yeah because a lot of comedians will like do that and just like tweet out their jokes that way. Yeah. Yeah, but they're 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 like the press was picking up like he was just like you know. He's making these statements. Right, yeah, no, but they're, like, you know, jokes. They say, <laughs> they're yeah. not saying that. They're jokes. So yeah. the governor was just like, they're, they're, they're jokes. They're just like, they're, it was just being like, you know, they're just, like, spinning it. Like, he's just, like, a horrible man just throwing out, you know. He should have put, a, he should have put like, a smiley face after it. That's what you, or, like, the, the emoticon with a wink. Oh, yeah, the emoticon. That's, that's what you do. Yeah, there, there you go. That's, that's a little tip <laughs> tip for the comedians tweeting, tweeting edgy on-the-line jokes out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, this is we, – we did a video on this. When, 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 when you cross the line, that's, like, completely punching down. So, um, and, again, where it's not about social change – but then again, I think it's about like, uh, you know, so we, we did that video on uh, the Andrew Dice Clay bit that we found. And, and then also touching on like Eddie Murphy 
in uh, delirious, like, and both like really homophobic bits uh, where, where they're like, they're, they're just audiences are rolling over, you know, at like, you know, AIDS jokes. Right. Brooklyn, we don't have any gay people. They're all dead. <laughs> all we got is a big sign that says, welcome to Brooklyn, fourth largest city in America with this dead fag hanging off the pole. It wasn't just Andrew making these horrible jokes. It's like the, the audience laughing. Which... Yeah, so his, his his thing was like, I'm doing a character. I'm doing yeah. a Brooklyn character. Yeah. But the whole point is like his audience isn't looking at it as a character. His audience is going, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. I hate gay people too. So have you, have you, you seen – You know, and have, even like – Have you seen any characters like that in Brooklyn? Like Dice Clay? Uh, no, no. And that's another thing, like, uh, Trump and Moosh, uh, that really bugs me when they try to defend, like, uh, their words and actions. They go, well, we're from New York. That's how we talk in New York. <laughs> it's like, no, I live in New York. I've never heard anyone talk like that. Maybe if they're a Goldman Sachs douchebag, that's how they talk. Uh, yeah, New Yorkers don't really talk like that, okay. you know? Yeah, all right. But again, you know, it's, it's like, uh... Again, just a different era where, you know, audiences thought that was, like, hilarious. Yeah, I, I, that was, yeah, it's something else. <laughs> but then they go, you could go in modern times, too, where, um, God, you know, Ricky Gervais used to be so fucking funny. Mm -hmm. And now I think he's just, like, jumped the shark by being simply Ricky Gervais. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what? What has he done funny? But there, there's a big like he's crossed the line when he is hosting the Golden Globe Awards, where he was just making fun of people's careers and shit like that. But again, it's 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 lame. That he isn't crossing the line because he's richer than all the people he's making fun of. So it's like this, you know, this prince, uh, uh, you know, punching down at, at at the people that are below. Hello and welcome to the 67th annual Golden Globe Awards, live from Los Angeles. I'm Ricky Gervais. Um, thank you. You, uh, you probably know me as the creator of The Office. <laughs> no, you don't, do you? You think Steve Carell, did you? Oh, he's brilliant, isn't he, Steve Carell? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, it's back to that, uh, like, the Oscars and the Golden Globes thing. They're always going to get somebody who's like, ooh, I'm crossing the line, and I'm edgy, and it's just, I don't know, those shows are always just so lame. There's nothing they can do to fix them. So, again, in tying into that, uh, I don't know how this segues in, but in Canada, there is a comedian named Mike Ward who is fined $42,000 for making fun of a kid with disability. Now, I, I'm sure you've seen this guy's poster. I think yeah. he was at Edinburgh last year. Okay. Did you see a poster of a comedian? And he has like a muzzle on his face. Like, oh my God, he's, we, he, he says, you know, such edgy stuff. We have to put a muzzle on him. Yeah. But then, I mean, again, that goes with the thing that, okay, you're punching down there. You're making fun of a kid with disability. You're the one who has the power there. And part of the thing was like when that joke, you know, he did that joke, like uh, maybe it was on a Canadian TV show. The kid, like, you know, he, he was, like, bullied after that, you know? So his dream went to sing for the Pope. He, they made that shit come true. He got his dream, 
fucking went and sang and went to Rome, went to the Vatican, sang for the Pope, and it was fucking horrible. It was the, and, it, it, and it's not his fault, he's deaf, so of course it's gonna be horrible. You can't sing well if you're deaf, because you can't even practice. You can't. It was like, ah, that famous Canadian comedian, we heard him making fun of you. Oh man, okay, yeah, that's not cool. That's not, yeah, it's that's, like horrible, but it isn't just like, yeah. I would say you cross the line. Well, again, it's just like you're cr crossing the line when you are, uh, you know, again, it's the difference between comedy and tragedy. Mm -hmm. When you're, I, 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 and you, why don't you tally the amount of times I've said punching down during this <laughs> no, podcast? Maybe we can, like, I know, because I was just about to say punching down. I wish there was like another way. That's a, you know, that's a good one. I mean, say it. I mean, this was like another one that uh, I think I just I, I just remembered and wanted to, to kind of touch on that here, where it's bad. I think this is, might have been a bad crossing line, or is it? Was yeah. do, you, do you remember why uh, Eddie Murphy never showed up on Saturday Night Live for what was it, twenty or thirty years? Yeah, it was David Spade's joke. Yeah, Dave, David Spade's <laughs> joke about a falling star. Look, children, it's a falling star. Make a wish. That's right. You make a Hollywood Minute omelet, he breaks the eggs. The thing is, you know, you're in the house that he built. You yeah. know, he is one of the. He pretty much saved that show right, during that shittier when it was just him and Joe Piscopo and a bunch of other people. Yeah, we should do. We should do. We need to do that. So you know, I I think. Oh, on the shittiest year. On the shittiest year of that live. That's a whole yeah. a whole episode, dude. <laughs> Oh, I wonder if you could get that whole season, like, somewhere. Oh, yeah. Or well, they just, like, shelve it. Nah, I bet it's out there. Yeah, the whole season, man. Well, no, there's, like, episodes of Saturday Night Live with O.J. Simpson hosting. No way, really? And they shelve that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, this is all... All right, man. So we got, we, got, we got fodder for more episodes. Yeah. So I think a good way to wrap up is uh, maybe let's talk about, like, some of our favorite moments of uh, comedians crossing the line where it's just like they're just like right on target and mm -hmm. uh and their their satire is intact but yet it would be considered uh crossing the line uh to me i i think it's like when stephen colbert hosted the the white house correspondence dinner <laughs> and he like two people away from him is uh, George W. Bush mm -hmm. and he didn't like pull any punches and he was like saying I mean again that's the beauty of like when Colbert was on uh, Comedy Central because it's like he's doing a conservative character right yeah so he would get like like uh, yeah, I was listening to this podcast on satire and it's like part of like Colbert's audience didn't know right. he was doing satire right <laughs> And, and just the beauty of like just doing these, uh, just ripping into George W. Bush of all the jokes we would want to do if, 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 if given the free range. I stand by this man. I stand by this man because he stands for things. Not only for things, he stands on things. Things like aircraft carriers and rubble and recently flooded city squares. And that sends a strong message that no matter what happens to America, she will always rebound with the most powerfully staged photo ops in the world. I just saw some picture of this up on the internet today or somewhere. I mean, it's just, it's just like there's things that we all know that are true, but people don't want to talk about them, is that, you know, the dude's a war criminal, and he was a president. 
And, you know, there's a picture of him. He likes to paint pictures of, like, puppies now. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. It's just like, okay, here's the deal. You lie. Everyone knows this. There's no debating this fact. You said they mm-hmm. had weapons of destruction. They didn't. You right. lied. Thousands of people died because of that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's called a war crime. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, right. you're good. you're still going to get your library and, and be your respected, you know, president and... Yeah, crossing the line. Well, how, how how are you gonna feel when Trump gets his library? Oh my God, I don't want to talk about. That, are, are, they gonna, are, are they gonna are, are they gonna put his library in Trump University? Oh my God, I hope so, dude. <laughs> <laughs> where, where is the Trump University campus? Oh God, where was it ever? Okay. <laughs> it's just a fraud, dude. He how much did he pay out? Like in, he he just paid a bunch of money to make it go away i know yeah de- definitely rather than like being dug through the dirt like all the fucking shady details oh my god dude <laughs> i know it's just it's just we're 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 living in crazy times oh man it's the trump initiative now by the way the trump entrepreneur. what's that it's the trump entrepreneur and initiative it's no longer trump at university <laughs> Oh, he, he rebranded? Yeah, I think so. It looks like, man. <laughs> what a shady fucker, man. I know, dude. <laughs> but I think, I think uh, yeah, another one of my favorite uh, crossing line moments was, uh, did you watch Chris Rock, uh, his Oscar monologue, which I think was like from last year or from two years year. ago? Yes, I watched it about 30 minutes ago. Hmm. I'm sure there were no black nominees some of those years, say 62 or 63, and black people did not protest. Why? Because we had real things to protest at the time. You know? We had real things to protest. You know, we're too busy being raped and lynched to care about who won best cinematographer. That is probably, that is the best, like, Oscar monologue I've ever heard. Like his jokes were just like hitting so hard. Yeah, I mean, like I really like Chris Rock. I think he's great. It's just, uh, yeah, uh, it's just Oscar people making fun of themselves. I mean, it's just uh... no, no, no. He was just he was making fun of just the whole yeah, but they know, still social yeah, system. But they still had him on stage and allowed him to do that. You know, I mean, so they're like kind of policing themselves. Well, the point being is that it, it normally that type of monologue wouldn't fly, and they they let him do the monologue that he wanted to do. Like, uh, like he's just like one of his jokes was the in memorial section uh, is just a montage of black people shot by cops on the way to movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then and then he's like he's gone like okay. Uh, the Oscars has been going for 82 years. There's been so that means there's been 71 years without black people being yeah. nominated for awards. Yeah, and it's like in back in the 60s, you know, your grandmother's hanging from a tree. You didn't have time to worry about who won best documentary for foreign short. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it was it, it was good. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I'm always I'm always. Well, I think it goes back to like what we're saying about you know comedy as a tool for social change by crossing the line. Right, but it, I would say that wasn't that was like my point would be that was, um, uh, 
the man, or what, I don't want to say the man. I want to say the academy allowed that line to be crossed because they knew if they didn't say something about it, there it was going to get right. Worse. It was going to get even worse. So it was, it's kind of like that. That here's here we can blow off some steam and like get a little pressure off of ourselves, you know, rather than somebody coming in like totally from the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I still respect. Yeah, Chris. but Chris Rock is great. You know, yeah, I still respect him. Oh, but I think it was like the best, like just on target uh, monologue. It was in the Oscars. Well, yeah, because all of them, because they're all shit. <laughs> they're all shit. They're all like I, I watched a little bit of the Jimmy Kimmel one, and it's just you know, it's people up there making fun of each other, and it's like, do we really? Chris Rock's the only one he did that was somewhat different. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's why. That's what I'm saying is like the best Oscar monologue. You know, yeah. Just... <laughs> It hit hard, and it's like crossing the line. You're not Ricky Gervais, millionaire Ricky Gervais, making fun of other millionaires right. who make less money than yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, he actually and was... complaining about how their careers suck. Yeah, no, he was actually saying something. Chris yeah, Marcus, yeah, yeah. He's just making. He was very social relevant in, in making valid points, and the jokes were just funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll go with that. Yeah, and he, you you put Dave Chappelle's show here. I did, yeah, because I was going to say, dude, that's crossing the line. I thought that was a really funny way to do it. He, Mr. Chappelle had some classic skits on his show from uh, Comedy Central that I would say they crossed the line, but along with the Chris Rock thing, they kind of crossed it and kind of made people start talking about comedy and social issues again. Yeah, but that was also the downfall of the Chappelle show, which made him quit because uh, I think he was like playing some like, you know, like stereotype character to make a social point. But then he started seeing people seeing it on the face value of of, of, and not seeing it as a satirical value. And then he just like that's what made him quit. Yeah. Yeah. So he crossed the line and then he went back over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, in, in conclusion, uh, I think, well, I think my favorite cross the line, but let's determine the result, was when Obama, I, I think it was at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, had Trump in the audience and just had those Trump jokes about oh, yeah. what if Trump became president. Yeah, <laughs> it just shows no. like big Trump over the White House. And he was just, again, just killing it. And because no one thought, that would ever happen and it did and now he's trying to destroy his entire legacy (laughs) (laughs) so yeah there you have it so you cross the line you have to pay the price and obama's price is trump is now living in his house yeah (laughs) trying to destroy all his policies (laughs) and that is is so in conclusion dude what's your whole takeaway from uh you know Comedy that crosses, crosses the line. the line. I think if you're going to cross the line, know where your destination's going to be. That's good. Yeah. So going back to where we started this conversation is Kathy Griffin didn't know where her destination no, was going to be. No idea. She just she didn't you know didn't think it through, and it, and just yeah, and couldn't back up her actions. No, and man. just yeah. Took it as like, oh, they're just trying to destroy me. Yeah, she saw which the, made it all about her. She and, thought the grass yeah. was going to be greener on the other side of the line, and she got there and she found out 
It wasn't. It was just bloody. Yep. There you go. So, anyways, uh, that that wraps up comedy that crosses the line here at uh, Comedy History 101. So, do you have anything you want to plug at all? Well, I think you're really the the plug away guy here because what have you got coming up this month? Oh, okay. So two things we have coming up this month. Uh, uh, starting on August 4th or August 5th, you can see me every night at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival at the Banshee Lab, 9 p.m., where I'll be doing my show that crosses the line with the edgy comedy, uh, Harmon Leon Infiltrates Trump America. Okay. So what happens? Are you going to know like if you cross the line too much or what's going to happen? We don't know. <laughs> no, I know, I know. So it, it, it's a show that crosses the line. Okay, all right, fair, fair enough. And um, yeah, uh, where else can we see you during the free? Oh my God! So this podcast, this one right here, we're actually doing a uh, a live podcast at the Edinburgh Festival. I believe it's the last Sunday of the festival at maybe five p.m. We'll we'll put the details up on the website, but. Uh, yeah, and we'll be doing, which is very applicable, a comedy history of the Edinburgh Festival. Awesome. Like, yes. uh, the, the rich history that's brought, like, Dud from, like, Dudley Moore, Peter, Peter Cook. Cook, all the way up to, like, in, and beyond, like, you know, Steve Coogan, you know, all the greats of, and Mr. Bill Hicks, I Mr. think, Bean. did the festival. Yeah, Mr. Bean. Yeah. Ricky, <laughs> so, Ricky pretty Dray. much everyone who's, like, famous in, uh, British comedy has mm-hmm. done the Edinburgh Festival. Yep. So we'll we'll talk about it, and we might even get some um, Edinburgh uh, celebrities on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're hoping for. Okay. Excellent. In our forty-five minute slot. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. So that's it for now. Uh, be sure to check us out on iTunes. Uh, uh, Make some comments and donate. Donate. We want to thank all the people that donated to the podcast. Oh, yeah. So thank nice you. Of you. Thanks. It helps keep this podcast going. And we want more of you. Just just donate away. Help us make more episodes of Comedy History 101 and and uh, share your comments. All right. Excellent. And that's you can see that. You can download all these episodes on our website, www.wordsoverchair.com. That's our new production website. Easy to remember. Not as hard as the last one. Actually, if you still go to um, (laughs) right-click save, I think it will redirect you for another week maybe. But uh, it's wordsoverchair.com. Easy to remember. That's where you can get all our episodes. We've got uh, Common History 101 there. And um, also we'll soon be having This is the President. We'll be moving, migrating over to there as well. But as always, as we said, as Harmon said, you can find us on iTunes. And please rate us and leave a comment if you so desire. Yep, and thank you very much, and we will talk to you next time. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 